Blog Talk Radio. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. There will be days where you will ask yourself, where is all this going? What is the purpose? What is my purpose? In high school, I thought I'd discover my life's purpose when I could answer that age-old question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Nope. In college, I thought I would discover it when I could answer, what's your major? Not quite. I thought that maybe I'd discover it when I found a good job. Then I thought I just needed to get a few promotions. That didn't work either. I kept convincing myself that it was just over the horizon, around the next corner. Nothing worked, and it was really tearing me apart. Part of me kept pushing ahead to the next achievement, and the other part kept asking, is this all there is? I've often said that I wished people could realize all their dreams and wealth and fame and so that they could see that it's not where you're going to find your sense of completion. I realized one night in L.A. that the purpose of my life had always been to free people from concern. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. When you work towards something greater than yourself, you find meaning, you find purpose. When you keep people at the center of what you do, it can have an enormous impact. All life is interrelated. We are all bound together into a single garment of destiny. But under the sky, under the heaven, man, there is but one family. It just so happened, man, that people are different. That's the only thing that's important, really. Letting each other know we're here. Reminding each other that we're part of a larger self. Deep inside of you lives a hero who wants to do something great with your life, who wants to inspire other people, who wants to do creative work, who wants to change the world. Maybe you're so numbed out that you've forgotten who you truly are. The fact that you are alive today means there is a mighty call on your life to do something with the rest of your life. When you're convinced that your cause is right, have the courage to take a stand. Use your minds and hands and your hearts to build something bigger than yourselves. If you see a problem or an injustice, recognize that no one will fix it but you. A change in the world that seems so clear that you are sure someone else is going to do it. But they're not. You will. Ideas don't come out fully formed. They only become clear as you work on them. You just have to get started. How will you serve the world? What do they need that your talent can provide? That's all you have to figure out. 
I want to do good. I want the world to be better because I was here. I want my life, I want my, my work, I want it to mean something. If you are not making someone else's life better, then you're wasting your time. When you wake up in the morning and your life means something to somebody other than you, that you have a purpose. If you don't go do the things that you're going to do, people's lives will suffer. To live in service, not to you, but to live in service to humanity, to live in service to your family, to your church, to your city, to your country, to the world, that is the purest form of joy. Tear down that mirror that makes you always look at yourself, and you will be able to look beyond that mirror and you will see the millions of people that need your help. Reaching out and helping people will bring you more satisfaction than anything else you've ever done. Measure your impact on humanity, not in lives, but in the lives you touch. Not in popularity, but in the people you serve. There is so much out there conspiring to make you cynical. People will try to convince you that you should keep your empathy out of your career. Don't let that noise knock you off course. I found that my life got bigger when I stopped caring what other people thought about me. Yours will too. Stay focused on what really matters. When I look around, I always learn something, and that is to be always yourself and to express yourself, to have faith in yourself, to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly. That, my friend, is very hard to do. Everything you gain in life will rot and fall apart, and all that will be left of you is what was in your heart. Don't let anything stand in the way of the light that shines through this form. Risk being seen in all of your glory. You are ready and able to do beautiful things in this world. You will only ever have two choices, love or fear. Choose love and don't ever let fear turn you against your playful heart. Many things can contribute to our not approving our dreams, our not feeling good enough. A lot of things can contribute to that. Many of us never live up to our potential or don't approve ourselves because we never had anybody to believe in us. Looking at some of the things that keep us from approving ourselves, that we've all done some things that we don't feel good about. Things that if we had to do those things over again, we would not do those things. Or we would do things differently. So part of what we must do in order to begin to move into your greatness, you got to remove a major energy block. And that is dealing with the issue of forgiveness. People that have hurt you, someone who's done you wrong, make a list and things that you have done that you, you feel bad about, that you regret, make a list. There may be a time when you weren't a good father or a good mother or a good brother or sister or you, you were a bad child or you didn't do a good job or you lied or you were dishonest or you stole. No one knows this but you, or something you feel good about, say, so you know, there's a real dog in me to do that. Something you just really regret. So we make a list of all those things. All of us have some of that. 
Somebody said there's some good in the worst of us and some bad in the best of us. So none of us escape. Now here's something I want you to do. I want you to become involved in an active process to get some clutter out of your life. So if there's any area in your life that you need to clean up, there's some people who's cluttering up your life. They serve no purpose whatsoever. They're just holding and occupying the space that somebody useful, positive, nurturing, and contributing could be holding that space. You don't even have time to look to see what else is out there because you all have all of these people surrounding you that's not in enabling you to grow. So look at what is it I need to get out of my life. Just start cleaning this stuff out. See, whatever you have in your environment is a reflection of your consciousness. So you got all that chaos there. That represents some disorganized, cluttered section of your mind. So let's get all that out of there, all right? Work to get that out. Clean that up. Anybody that you feel very strongly about, have some negative feelings about, let's look at some good reasons to forgive them. Number one, you must try and see what has happened or see things from that other person's point of view. Let's look at it from their point of view. That's, that's one area. That's number one. Then number two, Holding a grudge hurts you, it doesn't hurt them. So just for good health and peace of mind, let it go. Any feeling of resentment or anger or hatred is called to me the load of bitterness within. Every thought that we entertain produces a chemical in our brain that impacts the body's immune system. And besides, this person you're hating, they probably are not even aware of it. Don't even know you're really hating them. You've turned up the steam. Gone from dislike to hate, intense hate. And here you are killing yourself, making yourself vulnerable to various types of illnesses, putting yourself in bad health. And I say that person is not worth your sacrificing your health or one minute of peace of mind. One minute of anger robs you of 60 seconds of happiness. So decide it doesn't matter. Let it go and experience the dignity and the magnanimous sense of character of being big enough to move on and get on with your life. Letting it go so you can grow. See, we, all of us have greatness within us. But when you don't come to grips with your greatness and you don't work to develop it, if you're not seeking it out, if you're not finding where it is, if you're not trying to locate it, if you're not experimenting with your life to try and find out what fits for you, I'm saying that you're positioning yourself to be a miserable person, an unfulfilled person. How else do we do it? Procrastination. We just put things off over and over and over again. Why? Because we haven't accepted it. We don't feel deserving. We don't feel that we're good enough. So we sabotage ourselves by not ever taking care of business. We get real busy doing a lot of things where we don't have any time. We start doing so many things, we just give our time away until we don't have any time for ourselves or any time to do the things that we want to do. And every time you put it off and move it back, oh, I'll do it one day, oh yeah, I'm going to get to it. I'm saying to you that one day you look around and there goes a year, there goes two years, there goes three years. So is there something you want to do? Do it now. Do it right now. Don't put it off. Start right now where you are. There will never be a perfect ideal time. Whatever you have going for you right now, that's enough. Work on that idea. Work on it. Work on it. Work on it. Watch out. 
with the relationships you have. What kind of person are you becoming because of the relationships that you have right now? Do those people contribute to you? Do they help you grow and develop yourself? What kind of person are you becoming? People who have not accepted greatness for themselves, these people don't study, ladies and gentlemen. These people don't study. They don't have time for personal growth and development. They don't have time to work on their minds. No, they don't have time for that. Too busy for that. To determine the height of your self-approval, it's important that you evaluate yourself because you know you quite well, but it's almost impossible to do it totally by yourself. You must get some caring feedback. Find somebody close enough to you that has observed you or been around you that you value their opinion and ask them how do they see you, how do they rate you in terms of your self-esteem and then compare what you have with what they say. See, there are things many times that people can see in us that we can't see because it's a blind spot. When someone pays you a compliment, can you handle it well? Can you handle compliments well? That's a good barometer about your self-esteem. Can you handle criticism well? Can you give criticism? What are your expectations? What do you expect to get from life? What do you expect to get from your business? What do you expect to get from your relationships? What is your ideal day? What is it that you expect from this experience, this trip, this journey that you're involved in? People that that have a strong sense of self-approval, they have high expectations for themselves and from life and from others. See, a lot of people don't expect much from life. So they don't shoot for much. They're not preparing for much. A lot of people are just showing up in life. A lot of people just get up in the morning and they go through the day, they go to the job just to pull a check down watching the clock coming in. So you want to be a different kind of person as you forward your life. You want to get something out of this. If you're going to do it, it's worth your time, your energy. You've got some expectations from this. So examine your expectations versus your wishes. Some people wish they could do better. But some people expect to do better. Where are you on that? And love yourself. Make caring for you the highest priority in your life. Take care of you. Look out for what truly satisfies you. We're not taught to love ourselves. We're not taught to look out for ourselves. We're not taught to take care of ourselves, to become sensitive to our wants, to our needs, our, our desires. So make a conscious effort. Make you number one priority. Your peace of mind, your health is more important than your family and any and everybody. Because if you don't have peace of mind, if you don't have your health, you can't serve anybody. Don't neglect yourself. A lot of us, and particularly ladies, have been groomed to be sacrificial lambs. Putting their dreams on the back burner in deference to their children's dreams, or their husband's dreams, or their family's dreams. And forget about themselves. Then become resentful and angry and bitter. So start taking care of yourself, looking out for you. Develop a health plan. Your health is all you got. So start taking care of you. Eating nutritious meals, willing to exercise your body, taking care of this body, loving yourself. So do some good stuff for yourself on purpose. Take some time out for you. You can't develop and manifest your greatness. You can't be a high achiever if you don't feel good. You don't take care of yourself.
It takes the edge off your life. It helps you to manage things rather than allowing them to manage you. Gives you more personal power to deal with stuff. Take care of you. Now here's something else I suggest for you. Become aware of what your needs are and develop compassion towards yourself despite your human defects. Develop compassion for yourself despite your human defects. You will never be perfect. Hello? You will never be perfect. You're human. You've made a lot of mistakes. You've done a lot of dumb, stupid things. Guess what? You're not through yet. You've got to learn to be gentle with yourself. Make it all right. What you don't know, the mistakes that you make, it's okay. Handle it. Learn from the experience. Decide that you are going to whatever you become involved in to be up front, to be true to yourself. Are you getting what you need out of it? And be up front with people and tell them what you need from them. Don't assume that they know. Don't say, I thought you knew. No, tell people up front. Here's what I need from this in order for this to work for me. Be up front with your stuff. Tell them up front so they're not surprised later on. So your feelings aren't hurt later on. See, if they tell you up front they can't do it, now you know you can keep on stepping. But tell people up front, here's what I want. In order for me to play this game with you, if we're going to dance, this is what i got to get out of it. See, if you don't take care of your needs, guess what? You will always have that nagging song in the back of your mind saying, well, when do I get mine? See, we're taught to be quiet and not speak up for ourselves, and not to be selfish. If you don't take care of you, who do you think is going to take care of you? Who's going to look out for you better than you will? No one. No one's going to do that. You got a business? No one's going to take care of your business better than you. Nobody. Nobody. Anything you want to do in life, you've got to take ownership of it and say, hey, I'm going to make this happen. Be willing to venture out and do something that you have fantasized about doing. And you know you probably won't be good at it, but do it anyhow. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L. Where remedy meets preparation. You're listening to the New Evolution Radio Network. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L., where remedy meets preparation. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit JonahBay.com for more remedies. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit JonahBay.com for more remedies. Uh, uh, rituals that you can do. You want to do these particular rituals, let me give you a good one to show you how some things that we can do to help ourselves in our lives. My queen that moved from Washington, D.C. to Maryland area to Atlanta, Georgia on the 15th of March 
of 2004, first thing she did was, first thing she did was, she would come in and take all the bills and get a, 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 a some type of tablet like this. You know, a little tablet like this. You know, notebook. And she would write all the bills, write out each one of the bills and put paid by each one. Put paid by each bill. And lo and behold, that's been going on four years now. The four years this March, or March the 15th, and those bills have been met. Just by the magic, by, by, by doing this each month, a magical aspect. So you want to do certain things like this each month. And give you some other rituals. Um, there's one, one real good one that you can do. Um, whereas if you have a person that just won't leave you alone, a person that harasses you, but not on a hostile level, just a person that's annoying. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot of people like We got a lot of friends like that. What you want to do is get a, a plastic cup. A plastic cup. And you want to take something that looks like a business card. You can take an index card and cut it off and write that person's name on it. And then write, chill out. On that, on that card. But you want to get it with a permanent marker or something that's permanent because you don't want it to fade. Because what you're going to do is you're going to take that plastic cup and you're going to fill it up with water and you're going to put that, that index card or that piece of paper down in... Um, so you want a, a card, you don't want nothing to, to dissolve so fast before it freezes. So you want to put that thing in the water that says chill out. And you want to put it in the water and you want to put it in the freezer. And that person will chill out. That person will actually leave you alone. Then there's the other magical trick that I've been doing, telling people for years, is if a person is a little more hostile, what you want to do is you want to um, take some brown, a brown bottle, a brown beer bottle, a brown root beer bottle. Y'all say root beer bottle, because you can find the root beer bottles that's brown, and they don't have... Um, they don't have any paper on it, but it, what you can still do is find a brown beer bottle and soak the paper and soak, uh, soak it in some water till the paper come off. And you want to pour, not no decaf, but liquid coffee. The stronger the better. As long as it's not decaf, liquid coffee in that brown bottle. Then you want to take a brown piece of paper bag and tear it off and write on that brown piece of paper bag um, that person's name. And you can even say cease and desist or stop bothering you. Or you can, it could be a restraint. Re restrain this person from coming around you. And then you put that, you, you, you can put that name in the brown bottles and put the cap on it. And set it up in your closet somewhere. Set it up somewhere that's out of the reach of traffic, out of the reach of people. And these things work. Um, um, these, these things work real good. Another thing you can do is you can you can take a you can go to a a botanica or whatever and try to find you a little brown a little round thing that looks like a little wall. It looks like a um, an acorn or something like that 
but it's a wall. It's a, it's a buckeye. You want to get you a buckeye, and you want to take it. Now this is for money. You want to take the buckeye and wrap that buckeye in a dollar bill. Wrap that buckeye in a dollar bill. So you take the dollar bill and you take the buckeye and you fold and you wrap the, the, the dollar bill around the buckeye. You can put a little piece of scotch tape on it so it can stay. And you want to get you a little small little plastic bag. You know the ones that they sell them now. You can get them at the drugstore or whatever. It used to be a little nickel bag type thing or you can get something. And you want to put that buckeye in that, in that plastic bag with that dollar bill. And you want to wear it on your person. You want to wear it. You put it in your pocketbook or put it in your pants pocket or whatever. And that will bring money to you. That will bring money to you. Another way to bring money with to you is to spend money. Not spend money frivolously, but never hesitate to spend money on things that you need. If you need it, don't cut corners. And never hesitate to spend money on, on people that you care about to go out to restaurants and just live it up for a time because it's currency. So it flows. You see what I'm saying? But when you hard money, you see what I'm saying? The money will repel. Another thing is, they say, if you follow knowledge, money will run, run to you. If you follow money, money will run from you. You see? Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, the new Evolution Radio Network. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. Locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, the new Evolution Radio Network. Uh, do the rich people cringe and say, don't tell them that, Rob? Yes, yes, yes. Don't tell people what, they, what you know. Right. Keep them poor. The moment I pay you, you think like an employee. The moment you accept the paycheck, your brain goes dead. That's the trap. Entrepreneurs work for free. As long as you're hungry, you'll think. The school system was designed to teach you to be an employee or a doctor or a lawyer, a specialist, but never about money. The poor will always be amongst us because it starts up here. It's, it's in their words, you know, and the words become flesh. But when they say, I can't afford it, or I can't do that, they go down. They become what they say. And I meet so many people, I, don't, I can't afford it, you think I made of money? My PhD dad, he says, what do you think I am, made of money? I can't afford that. And my rich dad would say, that's why he's poor. Poor people say, I can't afford it, I can't do that, I don't have time. Because this is an escape. It's an escape. You know what I mean? It's easy to say I can't afford it. Oh, I'm too tired. Oh, I can't go to the gym. 
You know, when you could go to the gym, but now I can't. Truth is, I'm just too lazy to go to the gym. And your rich dad used to say what instead of I can't afford it? How can I afford it? How can I do that? A question opens a mind, a statement closes the mind. So when you say I can't afford it, your mind shuts down and you become what you say. People right now who are sitting at home <clears throat> who are struggling financially or worried about money or unhappy, they may be making a lot of money, but unhappy with what they're doing. It was probably taught to you. You know, your superego was taught, get a job, work hard, or you'll, or you'll never be rich, or the rich are evil, or whatever. Poverty is passed on. It's taught in your families. And middle class is taught in families. And until you change your mindset, Correct. money won't help you, right? Correct. And we see that with people that win the lottery, people that make more money, they still have the same problem. Right. Because they have that poor man's soul. Correct. If you're poor, you'll always be poor. That's really hard for people to understand. Yeah, the money will disappear that fast. Just like most pro athletes, you know, they make millions of dollars and what, 65% are bankrupt five years later? It's because they come from poor families. But unfortunately, what Mr. Lipton was saying, it's passed down genetically. That's the frightening thing. If you don't want to learn it, I can't help you. You know, I have bad luck too. I've, I've had financial crashes. I've had people stab me in the back. But they're all good because I grow from it. That's spirituality. You know, people who are afraid of making mistakes like they teach in school, they don't ever grow. Because spirituality is there's good and there's bad. There's right and there's wrong. There's up and there's down. Most people only want to be right. They only want to be positive. Well, you can't have that. That's not reality. And the average person, the reason they're poor is they haven't failed. You know, they play it so safe. They haven't made any mistakes like they taught in school. That means they don't learn anything. That's why the school system is actually fundamentally corrupt. It's anti-education. But the average guy is standing there, oh, I'm an A student. I'm, gonna, I'm going to do this all on myself. And a, and a bunch of rugby players run you over. And you go, well, they're not playing fair. And what, you're not, you're playing stupid. You should have a team. You should have accountants, attorneys, and bankers, and all that stuff. But that's not the game I want to play. I said, then don't play the game. You know, the, the game of business is played with accountants, attorneys, bankers, hate to say it, politicians. You know, you got to know the game. You know, people say, well, money is not that important to me. Then if money is not that important to you, money is not important to you. I mean, the, you know what I mean? I don't care about money. The money doesn't care about you. You know, it, the word does become flesh. Or I'll never be rich. Or the favorite one is the rich are greedy. It's the poor that are greedy. You know, if you think about it, because to be rich, you have to give something. You know, you have to, I, I have to produce books and games, and I, I purchase real estate, I provide housing, provide jobs and all that. That's why I'm rich. But greedy people produce nothing. You know, Einstein said, you know, imagination is more important than knowledge, but knowledge empowers imagination. And what most people lack is real business knowledge, like accounting, you know, like debt, like taxes. You gotta know that stuff, but they don't teach it in school to anybody. You see, most teachers in school, 
They're out of ethics. They teach subjects they, don't, they themselves don't practice because I understand what a fake teacher is. A fake teacher is somebody who just wants a job and they'll teach anything. You know, they teach how to shine shoes and get paid on more money. But they really don't know what they're teaching. In life, one of the things I suggest to people, you've got to find a real teacher versus a fake teacher. And a fake teacher is somebody who doesn't do what they teach. And a real teacher is doing what they teach every day. Our school systems are making our students weaker. So in school, they have these things called now trigger effects. So you can't, as a teacher, you can't say anything that might upset the student. They don't want anything that might jar their point of view. You see, people say, well, why don't you give the poor money? The only problem with that is it just creates more poor people. Give a man know. a fish, he fishes for the day, or eats for the day. Yeah, you give a man a fish, you get a lot of people who want more fish, you know. But you teach them to fish. We become creatures of our own habits. And until we break the habit, we don't change. Our schools don't teach that. Our schools teach almost the exact opposite of that. And the average person, the reason they're poor is they haven't failed. You know, they play it so safe. They haven't made any mistakes like they taught in school. That means they don't learn anything. That's why the school system's actually fundamentally corrupt. It's anti-education. So what I say to young people is you, you find your game. So my game financially is business, number one. Second is real estate. And that's why I pay no taxes. That's why Trump pays no taxes. Legally, it's a combination of business and real estate that gives us an unfair advantage over employees because they don't know what to do. And a lot of people would rather sit in the stands than be in the game. One of the greatest ways to acquire great wealth is playing Monopoly in real life. Four greenhouses, one red hotel. But is that all there is? That's it. Robert, if I could give you uh, some kind of a magic phone and you could make a call to the 20-year-old Robert Kiyosaki and give that young man a bit of advice, what would you tell him? I would just say keep going. Just do what you have to do. Just you know, live it to the fullest, which I did. Nothing I ever did made sense. Now, could you imagine quitting a $120,000 a year job for $200 a month to go fight in Vietnam and almost die? It, it didn't make sense, but it was the best decision I made at that time. And I think what most people do is they let their parents or their friends talk them out of life. So afraid of failing. But failing is how we succeed. You look at the, you guys look at guys like Edison and all that. They failed like 10,000, no, 1,014 times before he invented the light bulb. You know, our schools punish you for making mistakes. That's why we have so many people who are so afraid of admitting they make mistakes or afraid of failing. to the hottest radio network on the planet, the new Evolution Radio Network.
and Time Warner Cable are facing a $20 billion lawsuit over alleged racial discrimination against black-owned media companies. Now, in the complaint, Byron Allen, a comedian, TV presenter, and CEO of Entertainment Studios, alleges that Comcast gave Al Sharpton that 6 p.m. show on MSNBC, for which he's been paid approximately $750,000 per year, despite notoriously low ratings and in exchange for his continued public support for Comcast on issues of diversity. 
Now, it all sounds kind of convoluted, and I want to get to the bottom of it. So joining me now in Los Angeles is Byron Allen. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you, Brian, for having me. Uh, this case uh, has been getting a lot of coverage this week. We've heard from Comcast, and I'll read their comment in a minute. But, but tell me the, the one-minute version of what you're alleging. Real simple. Uh, the cable industry, AT&T, DirecTV, Comcast, Time Warner, they spend about $50 billion a year licensing cable networks and advertising with less than, one, less than $3 million per year going to 100% African-American-owned media. Now, what they do is they make token donations to people like Al Sharpton, the NAACP, the Urban League, and after taking those donations, they negotiated a fraudulent MOU that says this is okay for black people to live by. What America needs to understand is that Al Sharpton does not speak for me. Al Sharpton does not speak for black people. It's like I ask people, who is the white person who speaks for you? It's racist to even believe that Al Sharpton is the go-to person. Shame on you, Sony, for thinking, sit down with Al Sharpton, and that negates your racist emails about President Obama. So it's real simple. These, these uh, token donations they make to him, as reported in the New York Post, allows them to have racial cover. This is why we're not getting enough advertising or any advertising from McDonald's and Coca-Cola and Chrysler and General Motors and AT&T. They don't spend any money with African-American-owned media. Something that's very alarming, AT&T spent more money on Al Sharpton's lavish 60th birthday than they spent on Ebony Magazine, the biggest African-American magazine in America, around 70 years, 10 million readers per month. AT&T spent only $30,000 on that magazine. Walmart has given money to Al Sharpton. Walmart doesn't spend any money in Ebony Magazine, and they barely do business with me in a long-term partnership, and I'm constantly going back and forth with Walmart and Chrysler as well. So he is the least expensive Negro. Don't really do business now, with you know real African-American-owned companies. Something like that sound. I mean, when you say that about Al Sharpton, are you, are you saying he's the numbers? Down the numbers are actual. The numbers are just, just follow the money. That you know, don't do business with real African-American-owned companies. Just make a token. Give him fifty thousand and a bucket of chicken, and we're good. We won't have any problems with real African-American-owned media. You should not be Chrysler. You shouldn't be giving him money and not spending money you're, with me and others like me and Stevie Wonder's radio so station here in Los Angeles. But aren't you trying to shake them down the same way by filing this lawsuit, which you no, know is not No, no, no. Look. Brian, let's define a shakedown. He doesn't give anything in return. I am a legitimate businessman. I am one of the largest independent producers of television and media in the world. I have 36 television shows on the air and seven 24-hour HD networks. They're not letting us participate in the $50 billion that they spend on licensing and advertising. There's a very big difference. He's the shakedown. I'm the legitimate entrepreneur. We have to make well, we're, sure we're that... We're showing some of your programs right now, but let me read Comcast's response. I think it's really important to hear their side here. They say this sure. complaint represents nothing more than a string of inflammatory, inaccurate, and unsupported allegations. We are proud of our outstanding record supporting and fostering diverse programming. They went on to say we will re defend vigorously against the scurrilous accusations, allegations in this complaint, and we fully expect that the court will dismiss them. Now, Sharpton has not commented on the record. Uh, do you have a question for him or a thing you'd like him to address about this? No, Al Sharpton's not that, he's not important. He's nothing more than a, a black pawn 
in a very sophisticated white economic chess game. He's being used by his white masters at Comcast and AT&T. He just needs to shut up and get in the bleachers. What we have to do is get, their, get these corporations to understand you must include African-American-owned media. We have to stop the financial genocide against the black Sharpton community. Do you understand how offensive this all sounds to someone like Al Sharpton? Well, you know, I'm not worried about his feelings. I'm more focused on getting corporate America to understand it's time to do business with us. And President Obama. President Obama has been bought and paid for. He has taken donations from Comcast. Comcast is his biggest contributor. AT&T is one of his biggest contributors. Listen, Obama, you, you, your own FTC is investigating AT&T for throttling. How can you even consider them to buy DirecTV when you're suing them? Is it because you took donations? Yes, Obama. Don't even think about letting them merge until they settle this lawsuit and that lawsuit. Comcast so got me, caught. Well, let me, Brian, this is important. here are about the mergers, Comcast, Time Warner Cable, and AT&T DirecTV. No, Brian, let me be clear. My main issue is about economic inclusion for African Americans. You know, Comcast deployed software that slowed down video over the web in 2008. They broke federal laws. That's like me robbing a bank and then after I get out on probation saying I want to be the president of the bank. Obama has to do more. I'm very proud of what Obama has done for the gay community. I'm very proud that he has achieved gay marriage. And if you can do that, you can achieve economic inclusion for all Americans, especially African Americans, who have been left the furthest behind. Obama, you bailed out the banks. The banks you bailed out don't even make commercial loans to African Americans. Obama, you bailed out the car companies. Those car companies don't advertise with people like me and people like Ebony Magazine. Obama controls close to $2 billion in advertising. Join the Army. Join the Navy. Join the it, Marines. It sounds like, we, it as African like Americans, do not consolidation. receive. Yeah. My me and, no, and, Brian, you're not hearing me. Brian, listen to me carefully. My concern is I, I hear what you're saying. You're African saying they're not advertising with independently owned media. These are issues about media consolidation. But I understand that you're making, no. making these racial points about how they affect African-American communities and businesses. Uh, I do want viewers to know just about we media. read the Comcast statement, and we'd like to hear from Sharpton as well on this, and, and hopefully we can in the future. But, uh, Mr. Allen, I do appreciate you being here this morning and, and telling us about the suit. Okay, Obama, do the right thing. Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet. The new Evolution Radio Network. Yeah. 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 Straight G shit. Uh-huh. Straight G shit. Welcome to the hood, nigga. The hoods I come from. Uh-huh. Fuck with me. Dipset. Shoot them up, bang, bang, nigga, we'll do anything to get the cake So my first drugs in front of 1768 Look around, fiends putting Skrilla in his hand Selling hope to the desperate, had me feeling like a man And my pops, shit, he ain't want me in the trap What the fuck could he do, he had a monkey on his back And my poor, poor mama, yeah, Miss Ruby, God bless her soul Cause I done made them tears roll down her eyes Being the gangster wasn't in her plan No mommy, what you expect is take a man to rake a man And you praying to G Jesus, ma, he can't move mountains. Nope. Rip back the living room, need new that's couches. Why. That's why I'm out here, day and night, night uh -huh. and day. I know I got a price to uh -huh. pay, but fuck it, that's my life. So hey, hey. I'm from a block where you be dead for respect. Yep. Little niggas picking up they flag, repping they set. OGs home from jail, extorting these rappers. What? Gangsters in Hollywood selling coke to the actors. And me, I'm still in it, trying to make a meal in it. Shit pissing me off, but I'm forced to deal with it. Hey, 
And my niggas in jail don't think shit's well for me The way shit looking, they might have a cell for me And these niggas thinking this pressure gonna break me But now I'm going to G-Mac and just see where life takes me My life Go through hell To a white no hanging around liquor store. Man, this shit a war. I know you've seen this before. Bitch on crack, maybe running around with pissy drugs. She the baby mother of a nigga locked up, wondering why she ain't wrote him. Cause she out here smoking. And she ain't taking care of his son, that's number one. And he's stressing, just got charged with another gun. I know niggas that's on the run. And niggas in they cell looking at the XXL like I was just with Rel. Niggas be in the yard with the gangsters and blood. He ain't have too many fights, but I knew he was tough. He used to say he was gonna go home, get in the game, live it up uh-huh. And when he walk out the jail, can't go and pick him up He did? God damn, that shit really happened Word. I guess gangsters, they can make it really rapid yeah. I'm here for a reason, don't ever dispute that nah. If a nigga ever shot at me, I shot back, me shoot back yeah. My presence is felt, don't stick around for nothing yeah. A stand-up nigga who won't sit down for nothing From the House of Representatives, the 59th Congress, Second Session, Citizenship of the United States, Expatriation, and Protection Abroad, Letter from the Secretary of State, Submitting Report on the Subject of Citizenship, Expatriation, and the Protection Abroad. Page 459, Section Morocco. Morocco. Sir, there are strictly speaking no Moroccan laws relating to the citizenship of Moorish subjects in Morocco. The fundamental laws of this non-Christian country are based entirely upon the Islamic code, no part of which treats of the subject of citizenship. Page 460. There are, however, numerous treaties and conventions between the various Christian countries and the Moorish Empire, by means of which citizenship in this country is defined. But, as I understand, from the above acknowledged instructions, that it is not the desire of the Department to call for a report upon such lines, I will therefore confine these remarks to general conditions existing which may possibly be of some use in connection with the information desired. Section 1. Citizenship in Morocco may be said to be governed by the laws pertaining to the same in other countries, with the exception that all 
persons residing in Morocco who cannot prove foreign citizenship or protection are considered ipso juror as Moorish subjects. Two and three. Moorish subjects lost their nationality only by becoming naturalized in or protected by another country having treaty relations with the Moorish Empire. It was established by the Convention of Madrid, concluded July 3rd, 1880, as follows. Article 15. Any subject of Morocco who has been naturalized in a foreign country and who shall return to Morocco shall, after having remained for a length of time equal to that which shall have been regularly necessary for him to obtain such naturalization, choose between entire submission to the laws of the empire and the obligation to quit Morocco, unless it shall be proved that his naturalization in a foreign country was obtained with the consent of the government of Morocco. Foreign naturalization heretofore acquired by subjects of Morocco according to the rules established by the laws of each country shall be continued to head them as regards all its effects without any restriction. The above ruling has never yet been acted upon, and should this at any time be contemplated seriously, a large number of naturalized people, American and others residing in Morocco, would be affected thereby. 4 and 5. Residence in foreign parts does not affect the nationality of Moorish subjects, and the Moorish government has no means of protecting its subjects permanently residing in other countries, with the exception of a so-called Moorish consul at Gibraltar and a Moorish agent at Cairo, Egypt. I am ETC Hoffman Philip. Google United States Code Title 22, Chapter 2, Section 141. Consular Courts. Act August 1st, 1956. Repealed Sections 141 to 143, effective upon the date which the President determined to be appropriate for the relinquishment of jurisdiction of the United States in Morocco. Jurisdiction of the United States in Morocco was relinquished by memorandum of President Eisenhower dated September 15, 1956. Notice was given to Morocco on October 6, 1956, and all pending cases were disposed of by 1960. See Bulletin of the State Department, Volume 35, colon 909, page 844. Sections 141, R.S. Sections 4083, 4125, 4126, 4127, Act June 14, 1878, Chapter 193, 20 statute 131 related to judicial authority generally of ministers and consuls of United States in China, Siam, Turkey, 
Morocco, Muscat, Abyssinia, Persia, and territories formerly part of the Ottoman Empire, including Egypt. This is Bashar, and he also knows that North America, or the America, North America is known as Al Maghreb Al Aqsa. Of course. I know that. North America was known as Al Maghreb Al Aqsa, and it reported to the Sultan of Morocco. And there was a relation, this is why I needed to ask you, what's the relation between the first, you know, colonials and the uh, uh, governors of Morocco? Because they con con communicated, because in, on paper, it was part of greater Morocco. That's known. That's known. But I, I, I need and Bashar's to know. from Jordan. Yes. Palestinian. Palestinian, Jordanian, Arab, Canadian. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why do you think that is? Because, why? because the, uh, um, after so many generations, if it's not cast down, you will lose. So therefore, listen good what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. A man that do not know his own identity, when he is giving one, he will simply believe. Mm -hmm. He will simply believe what he's not. You're right. So therefore, you will act as a stranger to your own identity. Because you only believe on somebody after you that. Yeah. So you act opposite to truly what you are. Yeah. Do you think do you think it's more pressure because of the economic power? I guess the European have put the laws on so they just believe, hey, it's it, that that's that's what it is. We're we're no we're blacks now. We're blacks. Like does that make sense? That like, you're just a color. You no, have no nationality. No, you that, have no history. That's, that's my point. If you was not stuck now and you have to understand another to 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 I would say not a lie because everybody lies that is a thing of life. But uh, um, how can I say that is deceived. Uh, Mm -hmm. To deceive, to deceive one, you have to replace, to take one thing out and replace it by another. Yeah. Therefore, okay. the blind, so the black is the black. So therefore, they just is your black, but they don't realize no, just they stole your identity from you. So therefore, you might not know who you are. Yeah. So you just give your color black, black. What the yeah. heck is black? Yeah. Because what we're trying to tell them, like a lot of the things that are going on with our people with the injustice. It's because of the system and what they call themselves and what they recognize themselves. They don't. They don't have any law. They don't. There's no law for for black people in this country. Like you're not even supposed to be a part of this country. So therefore, what nation are you from? You see. But you, like you said, you know, when you take your history, you know. People will say, well, big deal. So what? Why is history important at all? History is extremely important. Imagine if if I could take from each one of you as an individual everything you knew about life up to last week and just erase it. Where would you be? You, you'd be lost. You, you'd be incompetent. You wouldn't know how to plan for the future. And you do the same thing with a people. If you erase their history or you don't tell enough about their past, 
they also become incompetent and they can't fulfill the future. And that's why a lot of people in the black community have felt, well, how come all of the dreams of the civil rights movement aren't yet fulfilled? And one reason is because this history is still suppressed. It still isn't taught, but there's been a recent discovery which is going to blow the lid off of all that, and that's what I'm going to talk about. You've had four of these major impacts that the black people have made to the Americas, not only before Columbus was born, but before even Spain or Italy existed. That's, that's the kind of, of roots that are in this country. And by knowing that, and the more you know about it, it's an empowerment. You're, you're really rude. You have got a heritage which is more than slavery. Sure, there was slavery, but that's not all. That's a small part of it. Long before that, there's a heritage of kings, seafarers, religious missionaries, and they were all here. But it happened so long ago, there's just so little of it left. But some adults have difficulty handling that. What connects it up is even the word more, because it's pronounced differently in different parts of, even of Africa. And they call themselves more, mu, mur. There's all variations of that, so even the name mur. And individuals are missing the point. What conversation stop it? I'm a mole, and got sense enough to know I'm a mole, and ain't gonna never argue with you that I'm not a mole, and wouldn't come in your house or come among you and say I'm a mole if I didn't feel in my heart, in my mind, in my soul that I am. If you don't understand that, get that together, real quick. And recognize how you've been miseducated, not just by Europeans, but by your own. These people know that you're not black. They don't doubt it. They know that you're not black. And they know that you're Moors. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. and that in fact this is our land. So beginning with that premise, whether you're more or not more, I'm going to start with what law really is. Most of us think that we go into a courtroom and understand the difference between a court and a courtroom, that uh, the people who purport to use law really use words of art to make you believe in fact that law is uh, on the table when you walk into a courthouse or a courtroom, when in fact that's not true. And I would like to share with you tonight, regardless of your religious persuasion, what law really is. Law, and as Muslims would say, all law, is A-L-L space L-A-W, all law, all law. So for anyone who's of a Christian persuasion, don't be misled and when you hear the term all law, all law is God, all right, that is also what we would say in lawful terms, a misnomer. All law is not God. God has no capacity and no standing to all law. Because God means governmental ordinance departments. There is no comparison. Now, who can use law? Law can only be used by people who are in their sovereign capacity. And I was, as I will share with you tonight, the majority of the people in the world 
and I'm not going to get into all of the details about that, but the majority of the people in the world, 99% of them live in slavery today. So in 1863, via the Emancipation Proclamation, and I challenge you to go look in a law dictionary and look up the definition of emancipation and proclamation, and you will see that a proclamation is not a law. A proclamation is a public announcement by elected officials. It is not a law. So the Emancipation Proclamation of 1863 did not set any slaves free. What it did was standardize slavery, the United States being the model for the standardization of slavery that all of the other nations around the world, as they reduced their people from their sovereign capacity and forced them to join nation states, then they were able to issue statute, codes, ordinances, resolutions on them. And a statute, as in a state statute of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, is not a law. It is corporate policy of the corporation that calls itself the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Incorporated. All right? Now, a code is not a law. The United States codes the code of the laws of the United States of America that are used in federal court and the Supreme Court are not law. They are what they say they are. They are codes, ordinances, and resolutions of a municipality of the city of Philadelphia, which is a private, nonprofit corporation that calls itself the city of Philadelphia, an ordinance and a resolution, as in parking ordinances, they are not law. They are what they say they are. They are ordinances and they are resolutions, all right? And the reason they are not law is because the only people who can issue law are people who are acting in their sovereign capacity. And the people who sit in these seats as elected officials are not, in fact, in their sovereign capacity. They are in a corporate ward status, meaning that they are wards of the state. They are members of the corporation, which is a nonprofit that calls itself the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And as long as they have a birth certificate on record with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, with that birth certificate being a contract, a birth certificate is a contract, and as long as you have a contract with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Incorporated, you belong to them, and that's what slavery really is. Right? So who can use law? If you are a member of a corporate ward state, if you are a member of a corporate ward nation that calls itself the United States of America, you are a citizen. Look in the law dictionary and look up the definition of citizen. A citizen is not a sovereign. A resident is not a sovereign. Therefore, if you use an address, which is a fictitious number associated with a designation issued by a corporate ward, right, then you become under the jurisdiction of those people who are also corporate wards but who are also slaveholders, all right? So if you are operating in that capacity, law does not apply to you. If you are a resident of the city of Philadelphia, which is a private, nonprofit corporation, and you say you are a resident of the city of Philadelphia, then the ordinances and the resolutions of that private, nonprofit corporation apply to you. If you are a citizen 
of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Incorporated, which is a private nonprofit corporation, then the statutes of that nonprofit corporation apply to you. If you are a citizen of the United States of America, which is a private nonprofit corporation, then the code of the laws, right, apply to you. But if you are a sovereign of the Moorish Empire, those ordinances, those resolutions, those codes, those statutes do not apply to you because you are not a member of the corporate ward state. It's as simple as that. And they understand the difference. This is why on their documents they use words of art. They use the word label. They use the word person. They use the word address. All of these things that place you in their jurisdiction and you unknowingly fill out forms every day and every time you fill out a form, you enter into a contract. I don't care what kind of form it is. It's a contract. A driver's license application is a contract. A social security application is a contract. When you call up the telephone company and you make a verbal contract over the telephone, this is why they can bill you. When you sign a deed, it is a contract. When you fill out a voter registration form, it is a contract. Does everybody understand that? Don't ever think. Every, anything that you put your signature on becomes a contract. All right? Now, the fact that you are not in your sovereign status means that you make a contract as a minor. They don't care. They know you are a minor. Because and, and to be other than a minor, you have to be in your proper person at law. And how we write that is this. Can I have a Can you bear with me for a minute and let me put this on because uh, I can't. Can y'all see that? Impropria persona. Impropria persona. When you are in your corporate ward status, you look like this to the court. Pro se. Pro se meaning they get you in the court and they bring someone in called a got that? Pro se cuter, a prosecutor, because you're in a corporate board status. Now, if you're in proper persona, say in their criminal allegations, the prosecutor cannot come into the courtroom and say anything to you because you're not in pro se status. Makes sense, right? The issues of law, the issues of law are threefold. The issues of law are status, jurisdiction, and adjudication. The first thing that happens when you walk into a courtroom in your corporate ward status is that they already make the assumption that you are a ward of the state. 
and that you don't know any better. So they immediately start adjudicating you. As mothers, the first thing that happens when we walk into a courtroom is that we place our status on the record. On the record. We come in with our flag. We come in with our treaty. We come in with the Constitution. We sign with them. And understanding that the Constitution is a contract. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on The Bottom Line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L. Where remedy meets preparation. Have you ever stood and stared at it? Marveled at its beauty? Its genius? Billions of people just living out their lives, oblivious. Did you know that the first Matrix was designed to be a perfect human world where none suffered, where everyone would be happy? It was a disaster. No one would accept the program. Entire crops were lost. Some believed that we lacked the programming language to describe your perfect world, but I believe that as a species, human beings define their reality through misery and suffering. The perfect world was a dream that your primitive cerebrum kept trying to wake up from, which is why the Matrix was redesigned to this the peak of your civilization. And I say your civilization because as soon as we started thinking for you, it really became our civilization, which is, of course, what this is all about. Evolution, Morpheus. Evolution. Like the dinosaur. Look out that window. You had your time. The future is our world, Morpheus. The future is our time. I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when I tried to classify your species. I realized that you're not actually mammals. Every mammal on this planet instinctively develops a natural equilibrium with the surrounding environment, but you humans do not. You move to an area and you multiply and multiply until every natural resource is consumed. And the only way you can survive is to spread to another area. There is another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus. Human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. You are a plague, and we are the cure. Can you hear me, Morpheus? I'm going to be honest with you. I hate this place, this zoo, this prison, this reality, whatever you want to call it. I can't stand it any longer. 
It's the smell. If there is such a thing, I feel saturated by it. I can taste your stink. Every time I do, I fear that I have somehow been infected by it. It's repulsive. Isn't it? I must get out of here. I must get free. And in this mind is the key. My key. There are people that's awake. And there's people asleep. Now, most people on this planet are asleep. So, let's break it to the least common anomaly. Let's say the black community. We, it used to they say 5%. <laughs> no, it's like old point something now. That's right. You see, that's asleep. So you're going to be lonely because the simple fact that people are asleep. Now, how is this? You have a chakra system in your body. And these are nine wheels of consciousness. Most, uh, excuse me, seven wheels of consciousness. There's like 160 chakras, but seven major chakras, just like there's seven African powers. <clears throat> now, what has happened here to give you a scientific element of what's going on so you can clear this up so you don't have to go and be trying to holler at somebody and they laugh at you and they don't want to hear that shit. Because your family will beat you down and niggas in the street will beat you down. You're going to try to give them a message. Now, had you around here crazy. Now, the chakra system, the lowest chakra is your sacral vertebrae. That's your root chakra. And that's where the majority of the people's um, consciousness is, on the root chakra. So the only thing that they can get down with is desires. What feels good, what tastes good, what smells good, what looks good, what sounds good. Yes. You see, the, Lord the basic sen uh, senses, you see, on that particular level, they are called the automatons, which means automation. Okay. They moving, but they ain't, they're brain dead. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Now, you don't even get into this particular consciousness that you can partake to understand what things is until you're radiating from the heart chakra. Mm-hmm. You see, the heart chakra. That's why the Egyptian, the heart, the scarab, the heart scarab was the most important. Even when you died, they'd throw the brain away. But it was the heart that they preserved. Because that's another, that's where your true self is. But you got to radiate from the heart chakra and then you elevate on into the pineal gland. But most people's consciousness is in the root chakra. On the five senses, the animal level. They can look pretty, they can have a PhD with a degree. They tell you it's only a degree of information. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, a degree of information, it has nothing to do with a person's behavior. Mm. Whether they're conscious or not. You see, it has nothing to do with what a person wears. It has something to do is where they incarnated down here on a certain level and they are radiating above the root shock. And I guarantee you this right now. Even if some of you all just coming into consciousness the last couple of weeks or the last year, I guarantee you, you always felt special 
since you was a baby. Now, I've been asking that question in my lectures around the country for, 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 for 16 years. And I asked everybody, how many of you all always thought that you were special? And the whole room always raised their hand. You didn't know what it was. You see what I'm saying? But you thought it was special. And you always had a thirst for something that you didn't know what it was. And it was this model. Let me give you an example. When I was, on, when I was in college, I was standing up one time. I had finished school. And I was standing um, on the college campus with one of the coaches. We got to be good friends, one of the basketball coaches, Coach Holmes. He said, well, how do you, how do you feel, man? You, you've edu- you educated yourself. I said, man, I don't feel shit. <laughs> I didn't know at the time. I said, I told him, I said, I thought when I came here to this university that when I left, I was going to have some kind of knowledge. I didn't know what the knowledge was. All I know is what I, when I went through for four years, I didn't have shit. I, I, I knew I felt empty. Now it was it was you know it was a couple of years later that what I was missing I realized was knowledge. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I, I but but I knew something was wrong. You see, and that's what it is. You you always thought that you was you, you that, that something was missing, and that's why is that is because you were you, you were gravitating above the root shop. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. All right, all right, all right. What up, what up, what up, what up? Peace to the gods. Welcome to the show. 347-989-0194. You can call the number. You can call in and get in. Sit in live with me. Come holler at me. All right, welcome. This is the bottom line right here on the new Evolution Radio Network. I'm your host, Joey L. What's going down tonight? How y'all feeling? I mean, it is Sunday night. I don't even know if the Chiefs won. Did they win? I don't know. Peace to the gods. Welcome to the show. So tonight we're going into rescission of signatures, right? Very important topic that we talk about because a lot of y'all are dealing with contracts. We talked about this on Friday, on Oprah Forum Friday with Jonah Bay, right? And we're going to talk about this tonight because the rescission of your signature is really important, right? If you even know what you're dealing with. I was uh, dealing with a lady earlier today. We had a consultation. She was talking about her student loans. Seems to be a big issue, right? So we're going to go into it tonight. I want to show you a few things. And, you know, it's, it's funny because all of the work that we've done, has began to effectuate change. And I'm going to show you why I say that. Um, You know, you got to understand that law is law, right? There's contracts. And if you understand contracts and your ability to rescind a contract, you understand that you have the right legally and lawfully, right? To go back and relook at your contracts, whether they be student loans, mortgages, business contracts, right? Personal, professional. Okay, so we're gonna look at this tonight, and I, and I want to draw your attention to this. And shout out to Jonah for bringing this out initially, right? Because you know we when we look at contracts, we have to really 
be specific, right? You know, contract law itself is very straightforward. Peace to the God. Welcome everybody in the chat. All right, now I'm going to show y'all a few things tonight, and I, and I thought this was interesting, right? And you know, we'll go into this, and hopefully y'all can follow this because remember that rescission is a equitable remedy, right? You have Remedies in law, and I say in law because that's what it is. The remedies that they give you in the law that help you to effectuate change, right? So if you're in a situation, you need some remedies. The best thing that you can do when you need a little remedy is look at the law. Now, you know, I rock with the Constitution real heavy because that's where your remedy starts at. That's where these people have oaths, right? I mean, you, you know, you have the right to do commerce. You must do it the correct way, though. Now, when we talk about rescission, I, I, w- I really want to draw your attention to your state because each state has a different rescission law, right, whether it be a statute or a code they codified it into any of those particular things. But normally what happens with rescission is that it's under contract law. So we're talking about contracts again. Right? Now, if we're talking about contracts and you know contracts are one of these things where either you know them or you don't, and this is why we went over the elements of a contract on Friday. So you know you check that out, right? But I want to read something to you, right, because it's called the contract clause. Now, the contract clause appears in your United States Constitution. This is your federal constitution, okay? And this is under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 1. Now, mind you, I rock with state constitutions. You know, federal constitutions are are what they are, right? It, It is what it is. But it says here that no state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, confederation, rent letters of marque or reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin, okay, tender and payment of debt, pass any bill of attainder, ex post facto law, law impairing the obligation of contracts, or any laws granting any titles of nobility. So that's where you're so your L's and your bays are all titles of nobility. So you have to give that to yourself. Your state can't give you that. Another reason why you got to go back and correct the name. Okay. Now, the contract clause, although the clause recognizes people's right to form contracts, it also allows the government to create laws barring contracts offering public policy, excuse me, offending public, public policy, right? So, you know, for instance, if, you, you know, if you're out here being belligerent, they can create certain laws to ban you from doing contracts, right? You got to be honorable when you're doing your contracts. Okay. Now, at the time of the Civil War, okay, the clause, the contract clause, was one of the provisions upon which the court 
relied on in holding the confederation formed by the seceding states, which this is what we've been talking about, right? The states that withdrew from the membership in the federal union could not be recognized as having any legal existence. So they took away their right to contract. They rescinded it. Yeah. Well, and really they did it by force of law. Now, today, its practical significance lies in the limitations which it implies upon the power of the state to deal with the matters having bearing upon international relations. Right. So, you know, when we talk about contract clause now, a lot of the contracts that the government deals with are international contracts, right? Contract law. And, and you know, keep this in mind when we're talking about your contracts, right? Your, your right to rescind is not vested in the United States contract. That United States contract protects the federal version of this, right? But then we get down to the state version of it. We get to think, well, wait a minute. Well, what protects you there? It's your state constitution. Now, let me give this to y'all, right? Because rescission, and we're talking about contract law here. This is your right to rescind, like I said, is an equitable remedy, right? It's a, and anytime you have an equitable remedy in law, that, that gives you a right to go into probate court. Right, which is equity court. Okay. Now in contract law, rescission is an equitable remedy, right? This allows a contractual party to cancel the contract. So if I got a contract with you, you got a contract with me. If I don't agree with it, we can cancel the contract at any point in time. Right? If that's you know, what it comes down to. Contract law. Okay. Now, a lot of people have never heard of rescission, which I think is interesting. But your right to rescind, right, don't mistake it. It can be done in an administrative process as well. Now, parties may rescind if they are victims of these factors, right? Misrepresentation, mistake, duress, undue influence, right? That's stress, right? Fraud. Right, so rescission is the unwinding of a transaction. So this is done to bring the parties as far as possible back to the position in which they were before they entered into a contract. They call this the status quo. Okay. Now, in case you don't know, right, a contract, sometimes contracts have to be redone. Sometimes you got to go back and look at how, how your contracts have been drawn out. Now, I direct you to student loans because most of us have student loans. With student loans, most of you did not sign a student loan with your signature. You did it electronically, especially if you were in the last 10 to 15 years. You probably did it electronically. Now, they say, well, there's certain stipulations on being able to receive your signature bill. I said no, because it's a contract. And anything done under duress, right? You were a child. Most of you were 17 when you signed your first contract. It's like we talked about the uh, selective service agreement. It's a contract. Okay? Now, your right to rescind, okay, 
is used in a lot of different senses, all right? Now, the failure to draw crucial distinctions, all right, between, you know, how you can rescind in terms of, you know, equity, right, common law and all this different shit, right, a lot of people fail to understand the difference. Now, rescission in the sense of termination, okay, is where a contract is terminated, right? We're done. So the obligations under the contract are discharged, if you want to use that word. Okay, the contract's not rendered void, ab initio, right? It's done. We're done with that contract, okay? Then you have what they call these rescissions at common law, right, where this is a a rescission where you essentially have a self-help remedy. Historically, the common law courts gave the effect of the rescinding party unequivocal election to rescind the contract. Rescission at common law is only available for fraudulent misrepresentation and duress. Now, I want you to take that word common law out and I want you to put your constitution in there. Rescission at constitution. That's what I call it. Right? Because we're going to rescind our signature and we're going to use this constitution to back us up because the right to make contracts and to break contracts is completely up to you. Now, rescission in equity, right, is really important. Because when we talk about rescission, this is dealing with misrepresentation, right, breach of a fiduciary duty, right, equitable fraud. Now, I know a lot of y'all, when y'all dealing with y'all student loans, y'all dealt with so-called fraud. They sold your student loan. Without telling you, it could be considered fraud. Okay, so rescission, I want you all to, to listen really closely here. Rescission is about commerce. Okay, rescission is an equitable remedy. Okay, and it's discretionary use. Is really determined in law. Now, check it out, right? A court may decline to rescind the contract if one party has affirmed the contract by his actions. Or a third party has acquired some rights, right? This would be power of attorney or some shit like that, right? Now, to them, to improve the chances, all right, of being granted a rescission, parties may do well to describe those circumstances that are giving rise to the Entitlement to terminate. Now I'm gonna give you all a lawsuit, and I like to give you the cases, right? Well, look at a case called Kumpatu, and it's spelled K-O-O-M-P-A-H-T-O-O, Local Aboriginal Land Council versus Stan Pine, S-A-N-P-I-N-E. Okay. Well, look at that case. So Aboriginal case Now Rescission is supposed to be Imposed mutually upon both sides To a contract right So the party seeking rescission normally Must offer This is where your acceptance and the offer and shit come in right You must offer you know, Normally The benefits of, for another person So you're supposed to really Make sure that even if you was fucked up You're supposed to leave the other person somewhere whole In a rescission this is where you 
you know, you give them due notice. You do an administrative process. So a lot of people don't understand the administrative proceedings. See, an administrative proceeding is a non-judicial proceeding, y'all. This is why you use a notary. Okay. Now, an administrative proceeding, even though it's non-judicial, it does require you to do some work, right? Now, in a military setting, right, if there was a captain's mask, the commanding officer, right, would be the one who had the so-called administrative proceeding. So when you think about your administrative proceeding, right, you're the captain. And then you're going to pass that off to another captain, right, the guy who sits on that bench, when you decide to do a judicial proceeding, right? Because uh, rescission can be done in an administrative proceeding, which is non-judicial, right, to get rid of certain, you know, problems that you may have. Okay. Now, there are various other administrations of government, right, that, you know, you can look at where uh, rescission is done, right, uh, Department of Motor Vehicles, okay, you can do it in real estate, okay, people do it when, matter of fact, check this out, I'm going to show you, I'm going I'm to I'm just lay it out for y'all, y'all ready, you got a driver's license, what happens when you don't follow the rules, what do they do? They revoke, rescind your driver's license. Isn't that a contract? Because you violated the rules of the contract. They rescind your contract temporarily until you restore the contract. You see why everything is a contract? Now, I think it's really important to get that if we're operating like this, Right, and, and we know that, okay, shit, everything is a damn contract. It's in your best interest to understand what the rule of law is when it comes down to your contracts, right? And not everybody really gets contract law. You know, I get that. It's a, it's a heavy subject. But everything that we deal with is enshrined in your constitution. Your constitution is a contract. Okay. Now, I want to read something to y'all. Okay. It says, the equitable remedy of rescission. Okay. And, and this is dealing with, you know, I don't want y'all to take note because rescission deals with all types of issues. Okay. Now, most people who do insurance fraud, right, um, you know, or excuse me, you know, most people who are, who are perp- well, I wouldn't say perpetrators, but people who are victims, okay, of insurance fraud, right? A lot of these people don't know that they have what you call an equitable remedy, right? Now, you do realize when you go to school, right, and you get a degree, right, that's the insurance they take out. Now, rescission, right, because it is an equitable remedy, right, and it, it is ancient. It's a very ancient remedy. Niggas been using this shit for a long time, okay? Um, in 1776, right, when they was trying to figure shit out around here, right, these people protected their rights, right, under the common law with rescission. They adopted the law as uh, what they called the United States of America uh, modified. We know this today, right? Is your United States. 
right? They rescinded their own signatures to even be here prior to the Civil War. Okay, now rescission, and I and I want y'all to really get this right because rescission, when you're doing it, it involves a process. You can't just say, "Oh, I'm just going to rescind it." Now, in all of the wisdom that has been has come forth, I have found several things today that I think you all will find quite interesting. First thing, you know, doing a little research on rescission, right? Now. I don't know how many times we've told you If you have issues with child support You need to rescind your signature Now I found today I'm going to pull it up for y'all Missouri Department of Health And Senior Services Bureau of Vital Statistics Rescission of Affidavit Of Acknowledgement of Paternity Guess what other state I found one in today Illinois Same thing let me read it to you all. And, and this this will go to show you my point. Okay. This form is used to rescind, cancel, the legal finding of paternity created by a previously completed affidavit acknowledging paternity. It must be filed with the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services Bureau of Vital Records. 60 days from the date of this last signature of the affidavit acknowledging paternity or the date of the proceeding to establish child support for the child on the affidavit acknowledging paternity. This form must be completed by the mother or the alleged father in the presence of a notary or two witnesses. Any adult who is not related to either parent may be a witness. Now, let me read the giraffe that they put down here for you. Just to show you how serious this shit is. It says, I understand that by completing this form and filing it with the Bureau of Vital Records, I am rescinding the legal findings of paternity for the above-named child created by a previously completed affidavit acknowledging paternity. See, because most of y'all put yourselves into that contract. I understand that a court order or an order from Family Support Division is required to remove my name from the child's birth certificate. You see? So, this ain't about removing the name. This is about taking yourself off of child support. Right? Through what? A rescission. And, and guess who offers this form? The public form that comes from the Department of Vital Records in my state. I'm sure you can find one in yours too. Okay? Now, your administrative proceedings are really important because most people, when they're doing administrative processes, they fumble it up, right? Now, three times is a charm, right? It's not, you know, they do things in threes, you need to do things in threes. You send three notices, you know? Make sure that they get your decision. Hey, first notice, affidavit of. Precision and cancellation. Second notice. Opportunities to respond. Affidavit. You know, you can make this up however you choose to do it. You know, sometimes y'all got to get creative with this. If you can come to one of us, Jonah or myself, we'll help you out. Okay. And by the way, um, shout out to Jonah Bay. Uh, you can go to JonahBay.com, pre-register uh, for your copy of the trust webinar that we did. And it should be available top of the morning 
Um, we've been working on the editing. I got to get that over to my man. But we've been working on all the editing. All right, so we'll go over there. And then it'll also be available on makemorecommerce.com. All right. Um, donation price uh, is the same. Um, also, if you were on the webinar, we'll have a coupon code for you. All right, we'll get that out to you. I right, appreciate y'all patience. All right, so just just to really get a basis here, right? When you're rescinding your signature, okay, and you know, anytime you're doing this, you you, you know, you have to understand what type of contract did I get myself into? What is the rule? Of validity that, that made this contract valid. Because right? remember, there are elements to a contract. Okay? Now, as a consumer, if you're out here doing consumer shit, right? You're out here buying stuff up, you got credit cards, you got student loans, that's consumer shit, right? Then you need to know what the consumer laws are. So your consumer laws are the same laws, right, that protect you when you're doing commerce. These are the same laws, right? They write, but they put precision in there. Or they say, well, if you do a contract, you got three days. They even give you three days in their laws. But your constitution protects you longer than 72 hours. You was defrauded in the contract because you didn't know what your rights were, right? This is why you can go 30, 40 years, never authenticate a birth certificate, then wake up one day and realize, oh, I'm not a minor no more. So then you authenticate a birth certificate, and then they treat you a little different. Now, a guy asks where he, where he can get information for status in court. We're going to come out with some ebooks and stuff on that. All right, we're working on different things this year. We're going to be a busy year. All right, but that status information in court, right? Just know this is not UCC shit. You're dealing with court shit, you need to deal with the contract. What's the contract? Your contract's your constitution. Now, not to keep babbling, let me read something a little further to you. Okay. Now, the viability and the ability to enforce contracts was first recognized as essential to commerce. Courts of law were charged with enforcing legitimate contracts. You're talking about here in the United States, okay? Now, courts of equity were charged with protecting contracts from parties from mistakes. Now, why do you think you got to have your trust set up? This is why it's so important to have your trust set up. You go to probate court, you set that thing up. Right? Because it's about protection. Equity. Can't nobody mess with the contract that was established. Now, courts of equity were charged with protecting contracting parties from mistakes, fraud, misrepresentation, and concealment since enforcing the contract based on mistakes. Fraud, misrepresentation, or concealment would not be fair. Now, the common law developed rules that courts could follow to refuse to enforce the terms of the contract that was entered into because of a mutual mistake of material fact. Now, a unilateral contract, which most of y'all have done for student loans, right? These unilateral contracts typically they got breaches in them. Right now, you know that they're supposed to give you a time period. They're supposed to tell you when you sign up for a student loan. Yeah, you got so much time, you can get rid of this loan.
how often have they come and told you that? Just like when you turn 18, technically they were supposed to come and give you your contract and give you the option to naturalize into the United States or stay into the empire, right? But, I mean, you know, they didn't really give you that option either. And that's the contract. You call that the 14th Amendment. See, these are all contracts now. Contract law. Now, and how you contract is really important. Because your contract only going to last for so long, right? If you don't have an equitable remedy. Now, I really want to draw your attention to another case here, okay? This is an important case. I'm only going to read a little bit of it. But you can go check this case out, okay? I'm going to read the beginning of it to you. Okay, this is Diet versus Tyler. This case was in 1968. And now the plaintiff, Mr. Diet, is confined in state prison of the state of Utah. As a result of his plea of guilty, he entered a charge of issuing a check against insufficient funds, right? Now, he filed a petition for a writ of habeas corpus in the federal district court where he was denied. Then he filed an amended petition in the same court. And at the time of denying this amended petition, the judge wrote a memorandum decision in which he indicated a disposition to release the petitioner from prison but thought that he could only do so after all his state remedies had been exhausted. Now, I, that's the only part of that case I want to read. Because now you understand that even the judge will tell you that you haven't exhausted all your remedies. Most of y'all are paying these, these bills, right? You know, these student loans. But you really don't have to if you go read the law and you understand what it says about your right to contract. Now, I'm not giving you no legal advice because, God forbid, we get legal, right? We, we, you know, this is lawful education, okay? That's what we are. We're giving out education here. So, if you understand that even under the contract law, right, your right to rescind, your right to an administrative process, right, your right to go in and effectuate contract, it's all based in the Constitution. It's all based in law. I mean, I just read to you a rescission that the state gives you, rescission of affidavit acknowledging fraternity. The state is now putting this out. State of Illinois, state of Missouri has got them out. For all you niggas out there on child support, that should be running to go grab this thing. Right? Because the truth of the matter is, is have you exhausted your remedy? Right? Now, we like to talk about remedy in terms of secure party. This ain't no secure party shit. We don't teach that over here. You'll never get that over here. We're going to show you the Constitution. We'll have some constitutional classes. Right? And we'll teach you what being a creditor is and what a secured party is. Because there's two differences. There's no such thing as a secured party creditor. Right? Those things don't they don't mix, like oil and water. It just don't mix. Okay. So the ability to contact, even in diet versus turning. The judge was like, well, dude, I could release you, but you ain't even exhausted all your remedies yet, right? And his remedies, right? He had a lot of remedies, this guy, if you go read this case, right? He did a lot of, he just should have done with this bank that. He had, but he had remedies available to him. 
So I w- just want to show you all this because, you know, it's really important for us to understand that rescission, anytime you rescind your signature on the contract, you better know what contract it is. Have full knowledge of it, right? And if you were truly under duress, then no doubt, right? Because like I said, if even in the law, when you do a rescission, it is more important to give more facts about why you're doing a rescission than the actual rescission itself. And I'm doing this rescission under duress. I'm doing this rescission under threat, coercion, whatever it is. Now, I think that, you know, we have a good understanding and basis for this. So I'm going to show y'all the federal law here, right? Now, under, and, and we'll, you know, for, for the sake of looking at the federal code here, right? Because some of y'all are dealing with federal student loans, right? Now, let me just give it to you here. 15 U.S. Code 7001. Okay. And let me give you the other one. 15 U.S. Code 1635. It's also under 2212 CFR 226.15. Okay. It says that to exercise the right of the rescission, the consumer should notify the creditor of the rescission by mail, telegram, or other means. Now, I want to draw your attention to this, and I'll say this again. Most people look at this and they say, well, if I do a rescission and I got to only do it in three days, but it's been three years, how does that work? Remember, your Constitution allows for contract, right? Nobody can set the bounds on the contract. And if we technically are looking at these codes, these codes are what? Ex post facto. They were created after the main contract because they couldn't create these type of laws to tell you how you could contract, right? But they give you the ability to restore. Isn't that funny? All right, so 347-989-0194. We're live. And press one to highlight me, get yourself in. Man, I was sick this week, man. I had a I had a serious illness this past week. Um, so if I missed you on anything, please get with me. Um, and I'll make sure that we uh, keep you a little reciprocity, make it right for you. All right. Um, other than that, man, we're going to go to the call lines, see what's happening out here. Go to makemorecommerce.com if you need to set up a consultation with me. All right. That's M O O R or more. All right. Make more commerce. Um, you can go to JonahBay.com and give my man Jonah. All right. We'll be um, introducing some new shows coming up as well in the next few weeks. Um, Offset will be coming back So if you want some spiritual reasons You can get in with Offset Like I said, we'll be coming back Alright, for her hiatus um, And with that being said, we're going to take a quick break We'll come right back And we'll see what's up with y'all in these contracts out here, right? You're sending your signature Are you exhausting your administrative remedies? Right, like let's talk about real administrative uh, remedies at law Not just the, you know, the UCC shit, right? Because we can deal with UCC all day, right? But if you're not going past that, right? UCC is based in law. So what law is it based in? It's commerce. Right? It's not the law of commerce. It's more like the 
codification of the law of commerce. All right, so peace to the gods. We'll be right back. Peace to the gods.
And I know a lot of people misunderstood it, so I want you to be able to say it. Um, I think it was Details Magazine. You talked about, you used the word God, and that's what messed everybody up. But you said you, something to the effect, you were a self-made God. Explain it. Um, I made up my mind to make a change in my life when I was 16 years old. We are all gods on this planet, every man and every woman. We create life. We can take life. We control what goes into the sea, whether the fish can live or not. We decide if the trees can grow tall. We decide if the children will eat. We are very powerful beings on the planet Earth. And when I said a self-made God, I meant just what I said. Barry White changed his life. Mm -hmm. So you're right. Yeah. And people criticize the statement? No, not to my knowledge. It's the first yeah. time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people tend to play down our power. Mm-hmm. Well, don't worry about it. This next guy do it unless there's God above to do it. There's a lot of things that has to change on this planet Earth that only we can change. And until we embrace the fact that we are as powerful uh, as we are as beings, we're going to continue to make the mistakes and allow the mistakes to be made from our children to our adults to our elderly to whatever situation you want to talk about. Okay, we we got to run to a quick commercial, and they're going to do a cut from the album, and we're waiting for an Isaac Hayes album soon. You sure can invite him. Right. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, the new Evolution Radio Network. All right, peace to the guys. We're back. So tonight we're talking about rescission and your ability to do that through an administrative remedy, right? And that is an administrative process. Now, I want to read something to y'all real quick. Um, and, you know, this is important now. Rescission, like I told y'all, is an equitable remedy, right? And it's discretionary, right? It depends on, you know, what you're doing. Now, the U.S. State Court of Virginia uses the term cancellation, okay, for equitable rescission, all right? Now, when they use the term cancellation in Virginia, they meant it in the sense of setting something to the side, making it void, making an application to the court, they granted judgment, right, or to a higher court. Right now, applications to rescind the judgment are usually made on the basis of error or for good cause. Now, most common law jurisdictions avoid all of this by confusion, okay, by holding uh, one that rescinds a contract and cancels a deed and treats the rescission as a contractual remedy rather than a type of procedural remedy. So it's all contract. So your ability to rescind something is based on contract, your right to contract, how well you contract, right, and basically, you know, your knowledge of, what you contracted for. All right, so with that being said, we're going to go to the call line. Let's see what's happening now here. Let's go to 773-977. What's happening? Seven seven three nine seven seven. you there? Okay, right there, Let's go to uh, 719. 301. What's happening? 
Peace, peace to the God, Joey B. How you be, God? Yo, peace to the God. Good, bro. How you? Peace to the God. Welcome to the show. Peace, 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 man. Appreciate it. I'm balanced. I'm balanced, man. Thank you Thank for God. reiterating these concepts, God. I was just about to fuck up some of the shit that I'm doing here until I heard some very foundational principles, but easy to miss. So thanks for going over it. I know if y'all be reading our minds out here, but hey, y'all always on point with everything. So shout out to y'all. Shout out to the spirit well, guys, too. You know, so. Well, I appreciate that, man. Well, you know, we deal with things that are pertinent. You know, to our own lives as well. You know, when we're doing things too. So, you know, everything is everything is contract, man. You know, we me and John to make contract to be on the radio. You know, you know, we make contracts to to work together. We make contracts to, to deal with the people. Everything contract, man. So, I'm just really trying to let that set in because even Friday, man. I mean, you know, when I was going over the elements, then it's important. Those are the elements of a contract. So then, if you know the elements, then you say, okay, I know the elements. The elements didn't really apply to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was thinking about how you were talking about verbal contracts and how I enter into that every day unwillingly with good intent, but I don't consider the intent of the other party. And it's like, damn, I'm like, this dude is right. Intent is very important, and yeah, both parties right. have to have yeah. meaning in the mind. Yes, it is. But you know, I, I spoke about that Friday because, you know, with intent, you know, if for me, you have a verbal contract, right? Now, there, there's yeah. good faith that has to come in there because a verbal contract can't be proven in court. So, you know, our verbal contract really has mm-hmm. to come off good faith, clean hands. You know, I got to be able to trust that what you're saying is real. Yeah. Yeah. That is very true. I just have one question and yeah. that will be it. Regarding these student loans, besides small claims court and federal court, can we take it to equity courts or that just won't be necessary? You know, that's a good question, right? Well, here's the thing. Let's say that you rescind your contract, right? And you uh, do it under duress, right? And okay. let's say that, you know, they don't want to play game, you know, play game with you and they don't want to, you know, rescind that contract. Who's to say that you can't go to equity court for that equitable remedy? The right of decision is a contract, so it's contract law. I think that would be right. the most proper court to go into. Right, right. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Much love to you. Power to you, bro. Peace to the God. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that, bro. Peace and power to you. Peace, God. All right, let's go to uh, 407. Peace to the show. Peace to the God, Joey Bounce. I wasn't even what in the host queue. What's up, though? Ain't nothing much, man. Peace I'm just tuning in and listening to contract. You know, no how doubt. to get the contract no right. You know, I'm about no to register this trust next next month, man. No. So I finally yeah, got it all down. You got to do that down there in Florida, man. You, uh, you got oh, all the yeah, tools man. available to you. Oh, yeah, man. That's how with them boys down there. Oh yeah, man. Them boys, you already know how it go down here. They on if you ain't right, then they gonna be on your ass. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Know. You already know one hundred. But you know, I'm just tuning in, Joey. You know, okay, no doubt. 
right. No doubt. Peace to the God. Peace to the God. All right, if you're in the chat, you want to call in, 347-989-0194. All right, call lines are wide open. Y'all want to get in and holler at me. All right. Um, so I, while I'm waiting on some people, if y'all do want to holler at me, I'm going to read something to y'all here, right, about rescission. All right, just a second. Okay. Because remember, I just told you, I just gave y'all a jewel. So hopefully y'all picked that jewel up for this, for this whole child support thing. Because right? the state is giving away affidavits now, nigga, like, like it's candy, right? So, under the contract clause, right, remember, this also deals with treaties. Now, in constitutional context, bills of credit, right, mean paper, medium of exchange, continue to circulate between individuals and between governments, right, for the ordinary social purpose. Such papers do not need to be legal tender. Now, Understand that your contract, right, can be considered a bill of credit, depending on how you're using it. Now, most of y'all want to talk about discharge. Well, discharge is a contract, is it not? See, your ability to do discharge is based on your ability to have full faith in credit, right? It allows you the ability to contract. All right, we'll take another call. Let's go to 602-396. What up? All right, 602-396. Hello? 602. Yo, 602. What up? Peace to the God. Can you hear me? What up? Peace to the God. My bad, my bad. I was doing something. Uh, chilling, chilling. I'm, I'm listening and multitasking. My bad, bro, bro. I thought I was in the host queue, but when I heard you yell out the number, I knew that I must have didn't press one or, or something. <clears throat> now, but I bought, I bought the, um, about the uh, the rescission. Uh, I had I had sent it in a while ago, and then I've been trying to send it in, but it seemed like I've been getting ignored. Like they just act like it's just. I ain't never but put see, it in. But that's what I'm talking about, though. But see, here's, here's what I'm saying, though. How many times did you do it with this? Just once. Now, I heard you say we got to send it three times. No, I said you got to do an administrative process. Waiting for pairing. Paired. Which means an, an, administrative pro- an administrative process means, number one, I'm going to send a letter and say, hey, I, I sent y'all a rescission. Here's the law. This is contract. You know, under these laws, I, I'm I'm releasing myself from the contract. Then you send a second notice. Then you send a third notice. Once you oh, send a third okay. notice, you said everything is all. Remember, like Jonah say, man, all roads lead to court. Okay, yeah, I get it. So I consider rescission, and then I just stand on it. I hold, I hold them. Take out of court. And you cutting out real bad. Using the 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 one I sent y'all, and then the administrative process to go with. Yep. Yep. I want you to look at it like this, right? An administrative process, just like I said, is a non-judicial process, which means that you're doing the process yourself. 
then when you get into court, yeah. when you actually when you actually get into court, your notaries have stipulated all of the facts, so your judge rules on the facts, which means there's no there's no controversy because we go, now we're going in because I had a non-judicial uh, hearing already with, with my notary protest, with my administrative process with my summary judgment on all of this, right? See, this process is the same process that I would teach you if you was doing a lawsuit, if you were suing somebody, you were doing a, you know, a debt collection suit. Yeah, basically what I'm doing right now in a, in a uh, debt collection, I would tell uh, for satisfaction. Now, yeah, so, man, you so, know, because uh, you play to get rich yeah. in America through a lawsuit. Now with the um, so say I send a rescission, right? I send a rescission, then I just basically hit them with the, the first notice, basically for them to respond to the rescission, or just put them on notice that I sent them the rescission that the contract is no longer no the void. First notice, letting you know what's going on. I'm listing myself with the contract. I need y'all to go ahead and, and, and send me a final notice of that, right? First notice. Second notice, opportunity to cure, right? If, if they haven't released you from the contract, this is your second notice. Your third notice is your default. It, it works the same way. All right, thanks. I get it. Yeah, that, that makes more yeah, sense. It's, it's a cycle. Yeah, that makes way more ahead, sense than um, how are you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went in court, I was like, um, you know, I I, I rescind the signature on the contract. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's no more. But mine was from an old, old, old ticket, like from 2007. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I figured they just was like, man, ain't nobody worried about that. We can't do nothing to you about the ticket. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's always going to yeah, be I mean, you over just, like, Right. Right. Well, I mean, even the fact that you were sending, you know, silence is also acquiescence. But you know, you can send them an administrative process on it. Hey, three letters, and just letting y'all know that that this is final. If y'all don't respond, this is final. You don't have to go to sue them, but you can do an administrative process to, to default them out. Same way that now, what about, you know, the IRS would now, do or anybody about, else. They, mm-hmm. Now, would it work on? I don't know if it worked in this one, but I had got a, a ticket like in 2011. You know what I'm saying? And it, it went through. I, I had took them to trial. It was a long thing, you know, uh, and I ended up losing. And then I, I went to appeal, and I thought I did the appeal wrong, but now I listened to the archives and found out that I did it. But I kind of did the appeal right because I went and got all my transcripts and I put it in there because I kept re, um, objecting to the judge, even it being me. But they still went and had uh, some type of, like, a, they made the officer get up there on the stand and say, is this the person? And I'm sitting there objecting the whole time, and they was just over, went right over me, like, he's, yeah, and you know what I'm saying? And they went through with it and found me guilty right there. And, I like, I just sit there, and they just act like I wasn't even there. The judge, well, the prosecutor. I mean, yeah, well, see, the thing is, I can't tell you what else you put in. I don't know what else you put into that case either. You see what I'm saying? I didn't put, yeah, I didn't put nothing into the case. I didn't put nothing into the case. Uh, I went into the case. Yeah. I went into the case standing there like I was a civilian, bro. I just was like, I'm the civilian. <laughs> uh, 
You said what? Y'all went to Tucson, though. Yeah, we did go to Tucson. Y'all was it was it, it it wasn't it wasn't the greatest trip, but we went to Tucson. Yeah, yeah, you gotta come to Phoenix, Phoenix, bro. Yeah, this where we at. This where people. I don't know how many. I, I was wondering. But, I was like, I ain't seen no black people down there. Yeah, Tucson, Tucson, and I ain't, I ain't putting Tucson down. You know what I'm saying? But it ain't it ain't it ain't it ain't Phoenix. Yo, we gonna work on getting one out there. That's my word. We definitely gonna work on getting y'all one out there. I know y'all need one out there. But even if you come to Cali, though, I'll take the trip. No doubt. No doubt. I'm gonna say peace to the God, bro. We got some more people I gotta get to. Appreciate you calling. All right. I'm gonna get with you. All right, peace. All right, let's go to uh, 727 580. What up? Peace to the God, Joey. How you doing, bro? Good, bro. Peace to the God. What's going down? Chilling, man. Yeah. I was on the phone with my baby mama on my other phone, so I just called her so I missed her. Yeah, I missed oh, her. You better receive contract. Oh, no, we ain't, we ain't no one. Me and her ain't no one. <laughs> it's definitely not. We ain't no one. And, uh, <laughs> you fucked me up with that one. She was, to, she was trying to put me back in the contract, though. I was like, oh, oh no, oh no, you better get the contract <laughs> together, man. I'm straight, I'm good, man. I'm having fun, I'm straight. Yeah, man. So what's good? I was always wondering why my rescission ain't work, man. But the last two cleared up, cause like I said, I was on the other phone with baby mama. But the last two cleared up, so I need to send a, a, a affidavit, administrative process with an affidavit saying that y'all not honoring the law. I mean, cause they ain't sweating me, but they ain't really sitting in that never gonna close it out, either. Well, it's my not, child's not only is it contract law, but if you look in your state, they codified it, and it's the state codes too. So yeah, I mean, you, you have the ability to do to do a rescission. Yeah, cause they do it in the yeah. form of an affidavit too. I mean, I I kind of I I got the one y'all got, you know what I'm saying? Off of one yeah. affidavit, you know, John, Jonah said it like four times on the show. It works really well, but the main thing about it, the, the main thing about it is that most people don't do it in the Minnesota process. They don't follow that up. Now, like I told you, you yeah. got a child support. A lot of these states now are coming out with their affidavits. The rescission of affidavit acknowledging paternity. Yeah. Uh, we ain't got one. Florida ain't got one yet. I ain't seen it in Florida. I'm going to look for it when I, when I get to the house. But I ain't seen now it you create yet. your own. Yeah, that's what I need, man. I mean, I did a rescission already. I just need to do the administrative process. I mean, they ain't, they ain't fucking with me. But then, like I said, they ain't sending me nothing that's saying it's over. It's, it's done. And that's, well, I need that conversation. Silence is acquiescence, too. So when they silent, you know, a lot of times it, it is up to you to follow up on that. A lot of people don't follow up. You got to follow up. That's what I'm trying to do. It, it I, 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 I yeah, I didn't know how to follow up. I didn't know how to push the issue, you know what I'm saying? But you just cleared that up. You ain't got no affidavit yeah, man. there? We do have an affidavit. I got one on the site, decisions that you can use. I'm in the process no. of creating different decisions, though. What you say? Is, is that not what you're asking? Oh, yeah, I got that one already. I was talking about, um, uh, like, an affidavit to um, to enforce my decision. 
or could I just use that one well, you just said? Well, well check it. Ago. Check it. If you got, listen, if you have an, a regular administrative process letter, right? A letter that you, you know, yeah. where you're demanding for somebody to do something, you can create your own. If not, we'll, we'll say we're going to put one up there. There's a need for it. People need it. But I'm, I'm giving well, I, you the remedy on how you can do it yourself, too. So, you know, that's the, that's the best thing. Okay. And you're going to do the minute. Everybody's situation different. Everybody's situation different. So if I created one, right, I mean, obviously it's going to be tailored, you know, to general subjects. But let's say you got one where you want to send your signature for a private contract. You need to actually send paperwork to do a private contract decision. So it just depends on what the situation is. Yeah, yeah that's fact. But, you know, most of our situations is our child support. A lot of us is on our child support, so trying to get out. See, I need my confirmation because I, I got to go back at them for something else. So, because I got to see if the, the name not should not be named, what I paid for is gonna work. <laughs> man, listen, man, <laughs> listen, man. No, I got, as far I got as that's real. You got to double check this, double check everything. Exactly. I mean, I paid for something a while ago. It didn't work because the child support situation. But I want to know if it worked here, you know, and I did that confirmation of child support, and I did a decision like last year, September last year. Well, shit, probably was pulled in. And, you know, well, I, I know, court, it, I, I definitely know it worked on that child support. I've been seeing it work on that child support. Yeah, I know. I know, Joe. Y'all told me. Y'all, y'all gave me the game when we was in Orlando and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I did it. Transport, but I just didn't know how to do the thing. It takes me, you know? Man, shit, Joe. It's been September last year. It might have been before then, Joe. I actually, I told yeah, you I did three of them. I fucked up. I know now. You gave, you just gave me a game. I'm, I'm going to do that as soon as, I, as soon as I get to the house. Uh, trust me. I'm trying to type up an affidavit, get it notarized tomorrow. And it's going out to enforce my decision. Yeah, man. I would. Yeah. Remember, everything's contract yeah. law. Definitely. You got to write the yeah, contract man. and not the contract. I definitely don't want to be in that contract. I was done on the far and the rest. Yeah, Okay, man. Well, I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Joy, man. You keep doing what you do, God. Peace to the God, man. All right, no doubt. Peace to the God. This is, I'm operating tonight. Y'all got to get a, a better um, set of headphones. All right. You got me way in the back. All right, 773 You're on the line. Peace to the God. Hey, Joy. How are you? Good. How you doing? I'm doing real good. I just wanted to thank you again yeah. for the wonderful consultation um, this morning on um, the um, infamous student loans, federal student loans. No doubt, no doubt. I'm glad that we could be a help. Because you know the student loans, I, they, we all got that. We all got that problem. Yes, and I'm uh, trying to get rid of mine expeditiously. I just had a question regarding um, beginning the um, administrative process. How yes. um, is there a certain type of postage that I would utilize to um, to start to begin with? Should I, do I send a regular postage or, or what? You know, I like to send it certified mail so you can get a green slip. 
Um, if you if you send it registered, you want to make sure that you get somebody to sign off on it, right, so you can get that proof. But a green slip is normally sufficient because what happens is when you go into court, a judge will tell you that, you know, if you don't have the green slips to show where you did that particular process, it didn't happen. So I would say certified okay. mail. And if you want to be really specific, certified restricted. Okay. Wonderful. And the money order that I would be sending as a final payment, should I send that certified restricted as well? You know, you can if, it's, if you're going to direct it to the CEO. Because remember, the CEO is who took an oath under the National Currency Act. So his, his, mm-hmm. um, his, oath, his oath is with the comptroller. So if you send it to him, right, under his name, and they cash it, he's responsible for it, technically. Okay, wonderful. Okay, this is a great show. I can't wait to go back and listen to it. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. All right, no doubt. Peace to the God. All right, that's what it is. Uh, MakeMoreCommerce.com. Y'all can go to JonahBay.com, holler at both of us. Y'all know where we at, live and direct. All right. Um, appreciate y'all that support the Remedy Archives. Go over there. Y'all can listen for free. All of the old shows is over there, man, on the Remedy Archives. If you got problems finding it, go to Make More Commerce. Um, and I got a link up there for you so you can find all of the old shows. Or go into our archives here on Blog Talk and you can get some of the newer shows. All right. Um, with that being said, I got so many people I got to get with for consults. So if you uh, if you need some help, get with me, makemorecommerce.com. We're going to be releasing that trust webinar this week. All right, it'll be available on jonahbay.com and makemorecommerce.com. I think tonight is the last night for the pre-sales. Go get your pre-sale on, all right? So with that being said, I'm up out of here. We're going to cut out a little early. Um, if you need to get with me, I know where I'm at, man. Stand on your square piece to the gods. We'll talk this week. Peace. from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. on the new Evolution Radio Network.